Search for all eternity long 
beautiful Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The words are so true of that song. There is none like the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. No one loves us like he does. Amen. And I appreciate him so and I glorify him so well. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Appreciate those that's taken the time and sacrifice to drive to be here tonight. We also um, thank you that are watching by means of the live stream. And hope that everybody will get something out of our midweek service uh, on tonight. Hallelujah. We just glorify God and give him the praise. I'm thankful that uh, for two things. First of all, I'm thankful we didn't have to replace a uh, grinder pump. Uh, Praise God for that. Uh, And uh, then secondly, I'm thankful that when we got uh, the plumber out after the grinder pump man looked at it, uh, that we was able to get our plumbing back taken care of. And um, we're going to have to keep a special eye on that little bathroom there in the nursery. Uh, it, uh, it may look cute, but uh, it's, we've had problems out of it ever since we've been here. It just does not have the force power to flush. And with children, you know how they got in the habit of using sometimes gobs of toilet paper, plus sometimes some toys get uh, down in there, and uh, I think we're going to have to um, kind of supervise that a little bit better, maybe use a, a, a basket to put toilet paper for that, because that there is an issue with that, and uh, uh, the plumber himself couldn't give me no really good pointers on how to make it flush better, it's just the nature of that little commode there, but I'm thankful we got everything worked out. Amen. We're going to go to God in prayer tonight, and uh, I wonder if there are any special prayer requests that you'd like us to remember and pray about on this evening. Anybody in the house? Those of you watching online, you can type that in, and we'll get that to us. Any special requests? Let's remember that. Let me get me some paper to cut. Um, anybody else? All right. All right. We'll continue also remember Sister Mary McNeese. Uh, and uh, um, I, I was told the other day that she's having uh, to see a cardiologist. I'm not sure if that's occurred yet or not, but just remember her in prayer and um, keep um, uh, Brother Paul, Sister Edna, uh, up in our prayers. Um, I have a um, special request uh, this evening regarding myself, and uh, I'm not asking for you really at this point don't want you to pray uh, for healing, 
with my situation, I, I have a, a very important decision to make uh, that I will have to be making uh, in the next um, uh, few days. I finally heard from the uh, finally heard from uh, the office of the heart surgeon at St. Thomas, and they want me to come in next Wednesday at 12.30 to, um, for a consultation to let, explain to me everything about uh, what that cur curtails and, uh, and then probably at that point set a date. Um, but I am I'm seeking, I'm seeking the Lord for the right decision because I haven't made up my mind yet whether or not I'm going to go that route or not. I don't know if I want to put my, myself and and my life in the hands of and not say anything. I, I believe in doctors. I believe in physicians. I think God gives them that. Uh, but uh, right now, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I want to put my hands, my life in the hands of uh, physicians or in the hands of the Lord. Um, and I'm asking you to pray that God will give me direction. Um, we're going to be doing some fasting and praying, seeking the Lord in the next few days. Um, so I'm not really at this point praying for healing, but for God just to give me. I feel like I've got the answer already, but I, I need a confirmation from God. I really feel like I've got an answer of how God wants me to, what God wants me to do. Um, you know, I mean, I've always went to God all my life for making any major decisions, uh, even for buying a car. And for sure, when you're talking about uh, cutting open your chest bone and spreading apart and stopping your heart, they have to stop your heart for that and put you on a, a pump while they're doing the surgery. For sure, I'm seeking God for that. Amen. And, I mean, every which way God leads me, I'm comfortable with. Uh, and, uh, I mean, there's, uh, in my life, God's already given me peace either way. But uh, I want to do what is best and give God the most glory. So uh, uh, we'll be praying about that and asking you to pray for you know, God to give me the confirmation that I need about that. Um, any any unspoken requests this meeting? I need your sooner prayers for tonight. I'm in, in the process of having a, a sugar drop. Um, and, uh, I'm feeling pretty much right now, so, but um, um, they're going to have to start cutting back my diabetic medicine because, uh, uh, which I'm glad. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that I don't have to take any kind of medicine whatsoever. Hallelujah. Unspoken request by the uplifted hand. Pray for a study tonight. Also, we're going to bless the offering as we 
uh, as we pray. Father God, we come today, we thank you, and we praise you for the privilege to be in your house. Thank you, God, for your, your grace and your mercy, God. I glorify your name. You heard these prayer requests tonight. There are many prayer requests, and I'm asking you right now to move in behalf of each and every one. You've seen every hand that was raised. The unspoken request, God, touch Brother Cal, Lord, and what he's going through right now, Lord, and Sister Mary, and all of those um, that's been mentioned tonight, Lord, and bless our Bible study tonight, and um, bless the offering that received God as well. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Greet one another in the name of the Lord, and God bless you as you give tonight. Well, I once was lost in sin. I had no peace within. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. Well, it made my heart in love. Brought my name above. I just live a talk with Jesus makes me whole. Now let us hide. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by when you feel a little prayer will turn. And you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little tongue with Jesus makes it right. I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. Well, I go to him in prayer, and he knows my every care. Just a little tongue with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell them all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. The prayer is turning and you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk. Jesus makes it Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight.
And amen. I had made a decision earlier to stand tonight. You're going to have to cut that down somewhere, Chris. It's really loud. Um, I think I chose the wrong ones not to do that. <laughs> but we are studying the songs of ascent. And um, been talking about how that there were 15 steps going up to the temple. Did they get to, did y'all get copies of my lesson? All right. And we are going to be on step number seven, ascent number seven. And uh, these Psalms right in the middle of the book of Psalms are really uh, beautiful. And uh, it just blows me away how the people, and I've, I know I've mentioned this time and time again, but they worship God while going to worship. Amen. They were so excited and so thrilled about what God had done for them. They couldn't wait till they got to the church house to worship God. And they began to worship Him on the way to the church house. And uh, that lets us know that a lot of times we fall short in our worship to God. We don't take it serious enough sometimes, folks. Amen. And um, we should do so. We should take it more serious. Well, we're going to be starting out step number seven. And if you look on your um, commentary that I have got written on this tonight, your handout, Psalm 126, and we're going to read them uh, one through six. And I have titled this, This is No Dream. This is No Dream. Now let's read this. And remember now, as they was coming up towards Mount Zion, each step, and when they got to step seven, they began to sing, or it was more like a Hebrew chant. And this is what they said. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. And I've got that part highlighted. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, now this is what the nations said about the Israelites, other people, when they saw them. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. Even the heathen nations looked at them and they saw how they'd been blessed. Amen. And the other nations 
This is what they said. The Lord has done great things for them. And then they, they said it for themselves. The Lord has done great things for us. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight can say God's done great things for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. He has done great things for us. Oh, glory. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O oh Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears. Now, this is familiar. You've probably heard this. And, and there was even a song, a, a hymnal, written about this many years ago. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. So just kind of picture in your mind all these people going up the hill, going up the hill towards uh, Mount Zion. And uh, here there was uh, singing this song, chanting this song. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever experienced something that was so exciting and thrilling that it all felt like a dream? This is what they were feeling, Brother Douglas. If you've ever experienced something that was so exciting and so thrilling, it all felt like a dream. Those are wonderful times to be alive. And they make you grateful for the blessings of God who makes it possible. Hallelujah. That's why we should be a grateful people. We should be a thankful people. We shouldn't wait for one day of the year to give thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and gratitude should be in our hearts all the time. Hallelujah. Such was the case with the Israelites as they approached the temple to once again worship the true and the living God in their own land. And I've already brought this out. And... Uh, for, for 70 years, they didn't have a homeland. They didn't have a temple. They had been destroyed. Uh, they was in a faraway land, and they were captives. But now they was home. They was in their own land again. They had uh, the house of God that was renewed and rebuilt. And so the Israelites, amen, they were ecstatic. And as they approached the temple to once again worship the true and living God, it was so surreal to them that they felt as if they were dreaming. They couldn't hardly believe it. Every, the whole, whole thing about it was so uh, surreal. Amen. Uh, and it all seemed too good to be true. Now, my daddy always gave me the, the advice Son, always remember, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> uh, that, that, that might be the case when you're dealing with people in life, but when you're dealing with a God that we're serving, it's a whole different story. Hallelujah. It's a whole different ballgame. Glory to God. And so um, that's how they were feeling. And the psalmist sang of a time when God set his people free from their captivity and they were restored to Jerusalem or Zion 
Everything the enemy had stolen, God was restoring back. Think about that. The enemy had come in and wiped them out. Amen. We, we get all bent out of shape when um, we lose one or two things or a little something happens. But these folks had lost everything. And then they was carried thousands of miles away to a far, faraway land. The enemy had stolen, but God was restoring back. Uh, God threw the... Uh, uh, I got a type of girl here. Uh, that's supposed to be mouth. Hallelujah. That, that's how I guess those southern boys say his mouth. Oh, there, there. Um, but God, through the mouth of Jeremiah, the prophet, had made the promise he would perform this. So God had already promised this was going to happen even before they left, before they was taken away. God used the prophet Jeremiah to let the people know what the purpose was as this was happening, but then God was going to uh, bring them back. And I've got the scripture here in your handout. Jeremiah 33, verses 6 through 9. Behold, I'm going to bring to it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them abundance of prosperity and security. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and rebuild them as they were at first. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, of praise, and a glory before all the nations. God made this promise long before it happened. And then what, what, what does it happen? What happened? What was the nation saying about them as now it's transpired? The Lord has done great things. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times when God blesses you in some kind of way, he don't always just do it for your sake, but he does it to give you a testimony. Hallelujah. And sometimes we get concerned when we got to go through a test, but ain't nobody had a testimony that didn't have a test first. Amen. Glory to God. I like, I, I like to say it this way sometimes. Sometimes God will turn your mess into a message. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Amen. So here, this was the promise. And I want to stop and say this to you. Maybe you have received a promise from God. Maybe you've gotten a word from God at some time in your life. And it just seems like you wonder, when's it ever going to transpire? When's it ever going to happen? Uh, and when's it ever going to take place? You can count on something. If God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. What did what it say in the New Testament? God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. Hallelujah. But as long-suffering, glory, praise the name of God. Hallelujah. So if God has given a promise, he's going to keep that promise. Glory to God. So he said 
that all nations would take notice of how God would restore Jerusalem. Remember what Psalms 126 said? Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Believe me, when God, some, uh, God does something great in your life, other people's going to take notice. Amen. When God does something great in your life, other people will take notice. And this psalm is a promise for us as well. Let me take a moment to see how you can make this fit into your own life in this day in the 20, 21st century. When you are going through a time of deep sorrow, Psalms 126 is a, a strong medicine for your soul. It carries a powerful message of hope. It tells us that times of troubles and sorrows do not last. It might seem like it does, but they, they don't last. It tells us that God will turn your sorrow to joy and your tears to laughter. Hallelujah. They who go forth weeping. My, my. We all go through hard times, and sometimes when you're in the thick of sorrow, it feels like it will never end. When you, when you wake up each morning to tears, and you go to bed each evening with tears, now, I'm, there's a lot of people can relate to that. Amen. Think about this. I think God's trying to help somebody tonight in this lesson, either here or somebody watching online. Uh, we wake up each morning with tears, our, our pillow wet with tears, and we go to bed each evening with tears. It's difficult to see your way forward. Remember, God will restore what the enemy has taken from you, and when it happens, it's going to seem like a dream. Hallelujah. But God says, this ain't no dream, praise God. This is not a dream. Amen. I'm going to restore to you, amen, these things. So here we are, stepping up, going higher. And now let's move on to step number eight as we're getting Closer and closer still. And I've titled this one, Self-Sufficiency Won't Get It Done. Amen. Self-Sufficiency Won't Get It Done. It's a powerful word right here. Psalms 127, verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, <laughs> those who build it labor in vain. Glory to God. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Hallelujah. He gives to his beloved sleep sleep. Now, before we break this down, normally we think of Solomon as a writer of Proverbs. And uh, that's what we have uh, about Solomon. 
but I don't know if you realize or not, the Bible tells us that he wrote over 1,000 songs. Amen. And as we approach this eighth step of the ascent, the Bible attributes this song to him. If you've got a good study Bible and you open your Bible there to Psalms 127, it will tell you that this is a psalm of Solomon. Uh, so, but this, this is not a one-time case because like I said, the Bible says that he, um, has, he wrote over 1,000 uh, of them. And since Solomon think about this, was known as a wise master builder. He's the one who, who built the first temple uh, and everything in Jerusalem and uh, everything that, I mean, this man was, uh, he was something. He was uh, uh, the wisest man that there was and uh, he built all of that stuff and uh, the, uh, somebody tell me, the queen of Sheba heard of all the glory of Solomon and everything he had accomplished, and she got a traveling band and headed uh, to Jerusalem to see uh, everything that Solomon had built. Somebody tell me what she told him. The half has never been told. She said, after looking at this temple and looking at all the what you have done here, she said, I thought, you know, it was um, quite much. But when I got here and saw it, the half has never been told. And you know what? I think one of these days we're all going to be like the Queen of Sheba. After we leave this veil of tears down here, and we approach that heavenly Jerusalem. And we take that first step inside those gates of solid pearl. And we look at the splendor. I think we're going to say the same thing. Lord of mercy. I thought I'd heard a lot of preachers. I thought I'd heard teachers. I heard a lot of songs about heaven, but the half has never been told. Ooh, glory to God. One old hymn we used to sing years ago, Won't it be wonderful then, having no heartaches to share. Woo, glory. And I believe we're going to be just like that, the glory to God. Hallelujah. So, uh, since Solomon was known as a wise master builder, we can see his reason for this analogy. Amen. Now, Turn to your back, the back side there. The psalmist warns against an attitude of self-sufficiency in these verses that we read. You see, folks, without God, your work will be empty, frustrating, and useless in vain. Amen. And as the worshipers approach the temple, here they are going up to worship. They begin to recognize the hand of God in the buildings they were beholding. I mean, that, by this point, they're on this step and they're seeing the glory of it all. But then as they saw what was built, they recognized the hand of God in the buildings they were. I mean, every time I go to the Smoky Mountains, I get on top of those Smoky Mountains, I look at all that beauty and stuff, man. 
It's just something else. And you can, you know, how in the world, how in the world can somebody see the beauty of nature and then turn around and say there is no God? You know, all this just happened. You know, glory to God, like somebody one argued one time many years ago said, I mean, you tell me you don't believe in the Big Bang Theory? I said, oh, you got me mixed up with some of them other religious cats. I believe in the Big Bang. You do? I said, yeah, God spoke it and bang, it happened. <laughs> glory to God. Let there be light and bang, it was light. Hallelujah and glory to God. See, but they saw that God's hand was in all this. It, it was more than just man. They must have been, all those temples of the temple and all the buildings must have been magnificent because years later, many years later in the time of days of Jesus, his disciples pointed them out. And I got it written there in Matthew 24 and 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple this is the same temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. You know, they, I mean, look at here, Lord. Look at look how, how beautiful. Look at all this stuff. Of course, if you read on down in there, you know, he said, don't, don't get all bent out of shape because there's going to be a time there's not going to be one stone left on top of the other. You know, but so these, these temple buildings must have been very magnificent, very beautiful. Yes, the structure of the temple were magnificent, but the worshiper knew it was the work of the Lord. Too many people won't take credit for what God does. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to take any, any glory that don't belong to me. I want to give it to God. I want to give it all to God. Hallelujah. Unless the Lord build the house. Unless God intervenes in the affairs of your life, unless you give him full control and authority over your efforts, your efforts is going to be in vain. It's not going to pan out. It's not going to work. Hallelujah. I don't care what you try to do. Amen. We cannot, it's, it's not in us. Like the song says, it's all in him. Glory to the name of the Lamb of God. So unless God intervenes in your affairs, unless you give him full control and authority, all your efforts are going to be in vain. Apostle Paul spoke a word to the church in Corinth concerning self-sufficiency. And as I was putting this lesson together, the Spirit of God brought this scripture to my mind. I said, man, it just fits perfectly right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses, beginning in verse 4. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Let me stop right there. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. That's why I strive so hard to keep the anointing in my life and on my ministry. And when I approach to minister in every which kind of way God wants me to minister for a particular service, I pray this prayer a lot of times. I pray a lot of times. I say, Lord, 
I don't trust me because I know my track record. I can mess up. I don't trust me, but I trust your anointing. I got to have his anointing in my life. The sufficiency is not in me. The confidence that I have to preach, the confidence I have to teach, the confidence I have to lead the flock that God has put in my care. It is not about me, but it's all about him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have no confidence in the flesh. The flesh is no good, never has been. But my confidence is in the anointing hand of God. The anointing hand of God. I know now why I decided not to sit down tonight. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm feeling it now. Glory. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything that's coming from us unless the Lord builds the house. Mm. Glory to God. But our sufficiency is from God. Hallelujah. Glory. Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, kills, but the Spirit gives light. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So hang up this thought about anything you can do on your own. Hallelujah. I learned a long time ago, God don't need me, but I sure can't survive without Him. I need Him. Hallelujah. My sufficiency is in Him. Anything I can do, it's in Him. Glory. But also, there's some, he said, and you said, talk about um, building, building something, but this psalm also speaks about protection. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. If the Lord ain't watching over this town, you might as well go ahead and lay down and get some shut-eye. Hallelujah. He's talking about protection. Hallelujah. Now, in that day, watchmen would stand watch on the walls of a city so that people could sleep in security. And the way they divided time during the night was in the watch periods. That's how that they kept up with time at night back then. For example, this is found in Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Hallelujah. In the fourth watch of the night, that was the last watch. The fourth watch of the night, if you look this up, was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And it was um, four watches that divided up the time at night. 
and they would have the first watch, the men who was going to watch for the first part, get on the wall and watch out and be a lookout in case there's an enemy approaching the city trying to bust in while people are asleep. They would spend their time, they would leave, and the, and the next bunch would come in, the second watch and the third watch and the fourth watch. Um, but Jesus, the Word of God says, unless the Lord watches the city, unless the Lord keeps the city, you just wasn't going to bed. Hallelujah. Lullaby and good night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody ever, anybody ever heard of uh, a kid by the name of Alfalfa with the hair sticking up there? You like me, you old as dirt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our gang. Hmm? I can see right now little Alfalfa holding a baby. See, he's singing. Poor kid like me couldn't carry a tune in the book. He'd go to sleep, my baby. Um, unless the Lord is doing the watch, you just want to go to sleep, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, here's how we apply this today. Today, everybody is concerned over security and being safe. I, I, I dare say that this is the most dangerous time in America that's ever been, at least in my, in, in my lifetime. Uh, and we're all concerned about con, uh, security and safety. More people own firearms than, uh, than ever have, they ever have. I myself, you know, I, I wouldn't most of my life didn't own one except a little old twenty two rifle for years. But I myself, I have one. I purchased one, you see, and everything that was going on. But it doesn't matter how much artillery you own. It amounts to nothing unless you rely on God as your protector. Hallelujah. You can have a whole arsenal if you want, but you better rely on Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's our protector. Hallelujah. He... If, 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 unless he does it, we just well as hang it up. Oh, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. Man, my mind's just going four ways from Sunday right now. There's so many things I could say, directions I could go about this. But remember this, and this is how they sung. Going up, unless the Lord makes the building, builds the building. Unless the Lord watches. Glory to God. Let's... Let's go to step nine, number nine. And this one we see the key to the favor of God. The key to the favor of God. Psalms 128, verses one through six. I'm going to read this and you follow along with me and I hope you that are watching online got your Bibles open. Um, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Get a hold of that, folks. You need to right now, because we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Hallelujah. There's going to be a lot of people going to go through the same thing I'm afraid 
that went through in 1929, long before my time, but my daddy remembered it. My dad remembered well. He remembered people jumping off tall buildings in Nashville, killing themselves because they went to bed one night. Next day, they woke up paupers. All banks are closed. Talking about the uh, the crash of 29 and uh, uh, the Great Depression. Daddy told me he rented an apartment for a dollar a day, $30 a month, and he couldn't pay it. Well, what are we going to do? It could be the same thing when they get this digital currency. People could very well have money in the bank and it'd be over with. And I'm sad to say we've got some church folks that's not taking this serious. Amen. And why do you think God gives us warnings and gives us people and prophets and ministers that he's shown besides the thing the, the warnings come from every, everything I'm going to tell you what man, when, when this I may be getting a little bit sidetracked here but I, I've got to follow what I'm feeling this is going to be a way to control everybody they will be able the government will be able to automatically tax you they're going to know every everything that you supposedly have you for sure ain't going to be able to, you know, fudge a little on your uh, 1040 form because they're going to get it automatically. And it's going to be controlled. This whole thing is leading, everything is leading towards uh, the beast system takeover. And we're right here at it. It's, it's, it's knocking at our door. Amen. But... So I said all of that to blend in with this that you and me need to get the key to make sure we got the favor of God in our life. Amen. We need the favor of God in our, in our life. It says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the food of the, of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. I hope you're getting these keys in these verses. These keys are hidden in these verses of how you can live in God's favor. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. The dominating theme of this psalm is obvious. Living under God's favor. It is a celebration of God's blessing on a person, his family, and his nation. That's what this psalm is all about. It's a celebration of God's blessing on a person, his family, and even the nation. The psalm mentions blessings four times. 
And it echoes the same truths found back in the beginning of the book of Psalms. One of my most favorite, Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The day is quickly coming that you're going to have to depend upon that more than anything in your life. Amen. Uh, <laughs> do we really understand what it means to know we're living under the favor of God? I'm, I've got to... I'm about fixing the clothes here. Our time is running out. What it means, I, I had I had a man I worked with years ago uh, got upset and mad all the time. And finally, uh, uh, I'd uh, seen his wife one day and his wife told me, he says, you got him all bent out of shape. I said, why? He said, because... Y'all uh, making the same amount of money, but you seem to be able to do more and have more than he does. It has to do with favor. And, and matter of fact, I know I've known people that made twice as much money as I had, was able to do, but yet they were constantly broke. Has to do with favor. Also has well has to do, and one way to get that favor also is how well that you sow. Amen. How well you sow. Glory to God. So, as we close, these psalms do not guarantee. Now I'm talking about Psalms 128 here in these verses. What it says. Get a hold of this. This psalm uh, supposed to, it should have been this. That, that's another. Error I got in my uh, in my typing. They don't guarantee health, wealth, and success. The favor of God does not cancel out the realities of a fallen world. Do you understand that? We this world is fallen, <laughs> and even though we might be committing the same sins as somebody else, we're living in a fallen world. And we have to suffer the consequences. I mean, that's what that's what death is all about. Amen. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say that this is going to guarantee it total health, total wealth, and total success in your life, because the favor of God does not cancel out the realities of a fallen world. The favor of God helps to overcome the realities of a fallen world. That's a powerful statement right there, folks. Amen. The favor of God helps to overcome the realities of living in a fallen world. When we are born with overcoming power, that's when we're born again, we are born with overcoming power which enables us to, we are all, we are all Marines in God's army. This right here is a, one of the models of the ring. 
the Marines, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Brother Bobby will tell you about that. Improvise, adopt, and overcome. See, we got the power being born again to overcome. Whatever the devil throws at you, if you are under God's favor, you can defeat it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not telling you you never get sick, you never have a problem. But when you were born again of the water and the spirit, God gave you overcoming power. He gave you the ability to overcome, to adapt, to improvise, whatever. Glory to God. I hope you've been blessed as much as I have by these group of psalms. And we continue them, Lord willing, next Wednesday night. Let's all stand together. Yeah, we will. One more, one more round. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads and thank the Lord for this service. Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you and we praise you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. We've been blessed tonight. Now I'm asking you to bless those that are here. Keep them safe as they get on the highway to head home. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in the matchless, marvelous name of Jesus. Let the church say, God bless you and love you.